rather than just a normal expounding of the Word of God, I really want to give you this message as an exhortation. I want to exhort you, almost as a gift of exhortation being exercised. Receive the Word of God today in a way that you're feeling God speaking to you, and He is exhorting you for where you are. And it's not just for today. It's for your days that are ahead. We all have days ahead if the Lord should delay His return. Amen? And he's going to be doing wonderful things. And I believe this message, especially for the moms and the ladies, will be important to us, each one of us. Okay, stand with me, if you will. I'm going to read for us from 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, and I'm going to begin reading in chapter 1 and verse 9. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, But give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine and beer. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went away and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord And then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. When the man, Elkanah, went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband, told her. Stay here until you have weaned him, Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. 
And after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And when they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. She said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, how many of you have ever heard the expression, what gives? What gives? I'm going to ask you to turn to someone and say to them, what gives? What gives? Now respond, moms give. Moms give. You may be seated. Hallelujah. What gives? Moms give. I want to talk to us today with a title of a message, Endangered Species. In our world, there's a diminishing species. There's less and less of them every day. There used to be more of them. The numbers are diminishing. And that species is not in the animal kingdom. That diminishing species is godly women. Godly women. There used to be more godly women on the earth in previous generations. But as time goes by, there are less and less godly women. And if we're not careful to raise up a next generation of godly women, they're going to be almost extinct. Oh, yes, it's highly possible. Godly mothers, where are they found? Are they found everywhere? Do you just go down the street? There's a godly woman. There's a godly woman. There's a godly woman. Oh, no. They're few and far between. They're missing from society. They're absent. If we're not careful, these mothers, as they pass from the scene, we're going to be such a lack of godly motherhood in our world, they've become endangered. I want to talk about that today to you. An endangered species of godly mothers. Passing from the scene. Missing from the scene today. Now, I'm convinced of this. Godly women make better mothers. Amen? Godly women make better mothers because they have the love of God in their hearts. They can become instruments of God's love in their home. They can be examples for children to observe and see. They can be models for people in the community. Godly mothers. You don't find them everywhere. Godly women. Are there a lot of them around? Unfortunately, no. I don't know what the ratios would be. But you have to look far and few between to find a woman that you could label godly today. Thank God they're in our midst. Thank God they're in other churches. Thank God God has 
daughters in this world today. Godly daughters who God is using in their lives, in their houses, in their churches, in their community. Godly women. We want to talk about this today. Turn your neighbor and say, what gives? Moms give. (laughs) Moms give. The first thing I want to talk about today is why are they on the endangered species list? What puts a species on the endangered species list? They're not being reproductive successfully. Use this illustration in the earlier service, a hooping crane. You ever heard a hooping cough, right? Well, there's a crane that goes, <laughs> but there's not as many cranes today. There's not as many hooping cranes. Do you know why? Because hooping cranes do not reproduce successfully. Hooping cranes, when they have an egg, they mate, they're going to build a nest. They're going to raise their young. Guess what? They have one egg every year. One Well, already the ratios are going against them. You have two parents. You have only one. Now, that one egg is not cared for very good by the mother hoping crane. She sits on the nest. She sits on the egg. But I think I'll get up and go for a walk. (laughs) And she leaves the nest. She forgets about her young. Instead of the chick being incubated by the warmth of the mother, The egg's getting cold. She abandons the nest, and guess what happens? Other hooping cranes come by, and they step on the egg. (coughs) Father hooping crane's not standing guard. He's off somewhere catching fish. You see, with only one egg every year, and if they're not successful in reproduction, and if they're not being successful in raising their young, their numbers are greatly diminishing. That's what's happening to the hooping crane. It's also happening with godly mothers and women in our world today. If we're not careful about successful reproduction, the church is one generation, just one generation from near extinction. If the faithful saints who are alive today pass from the scene and we haven't raised up a generation behind us to follow behind, to be faithful to God, faithful to service in the church, and faithful to evangelize the world, we're near extinct. I believe this has been happening even in our generation. People who are adults today in a lot of homes haven't seen godly mothers. Oh, they've seen moms. They've seen mothers having kids. But moms doing their own thing. Moms out in the world. Not being faithful to the Lord. Not going to church. Not faithfully teaching their children not giving them godly instruction. We're not raising up a generation. Not successfully. Some people have kids and the kids are on their own. Make it if you can. God wants godly women to raise up generation of the next generation of children who have a knowledge of God and godliness. And it has to happen in the home. And it has to happen at Lighthouse the same way. Great responsibility. Thank you, women, for your faithfulness to the Lord in the local church. I uh, used this illustration 
Eh, we heard about Harley can't be at the men's thing tomorrow morning because concrete's coming. How many of you, when you were a kid, if they ever poured a sidewalk or a driveway, you wanted to get a stick and you wanted to, when no one's looking, write your name in the concrete because you know it's in the concrete. There you go. It's going to be there for a long time. Or when you were playing, take your hand and kind of push it right in the concrete there. So you could always come back and go, and so see, there it is. Well, there was this mom one time who had a young baby. And they did the sidewalk in front of the house. And she thought, wouldn't it be cute if I took the baby's footprints and just pushed them in the concrete a little bit? I'll wash the baby's feet and everything so it doesn't hurt the baby. So she took her little one out and she tried to stand and she let the weight of the baby just push little bitty footprints into little bitty footprints into the concrete. This little baby grew up. This little baby went to visit mom and they were standing outside and they were talking. And the son said, look, mom, there's my little footprints as a baby. They're in the concrete. And she said, that's right, son. She said, I want to tell you something. Do you know why I have your footprints going like that? And I didn't go like that. He said, why, mom? She said, because down the street was the church. Down the street, you can see the steeple over top of the church. And I wanted to make an impression that that's the direction you should go in life. Concrete's here. What are we going to do with those little footprints? Just send them in any direction? No. Let's direct them toward the house of God. Let's direct them toward the cross of Jesus. Let's direct them toward the presence of our Lord and our God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Turn your neighbor and say, what gives? God gives. Moms give. God wants us all to be givers. Amen. Praise the Lord. My next point. Species become endangered as a result of pollution. Pollution. Kidding about this one. How many of you remember back in the day? Now, the young ones don't remember this, but remember when there were a lot of mosquitoes and sleeping disease and everything, and they went through the towns and they had foggers on the back of Jeeps and pickup trucks, and they just fogged up everything and that would go down the street. Well, when we were kids, when the fogging machine went by, you'd run out there and play in the fog. (laughs) We used to do that all the time. It was fun. Follow the fogger down the street. (laughs) <laughs> you can't see me, can you? I'm in the fog. It was poison. <laughs> we were breathing it. Great American bald eagle. It's on the, on the return. But we were down to so few. They had them numbered. Do you know why there were so few American bald eagles? Because farmers were taking a chemical called DDT. And thinking that it was good, they were putting it on their crops and on their fields to kill bugs, to kill mites, and to make a better crop. Except the DDT was getting into our ecosystem. And what was happening is the American bald eagles were eating animals that were feeding on the crops that were feeding on the DDT. And when they had their young, when they sat on their eggs... The shell of the eggs were so soft, they couldn't take the weight of the parent eagle and would break and crack. 
Eagles didn't know any better. Pollution almost wiped out the great American bald eagle until we made DDT illegal. Well, godly moms, here's what happens. Pollution wants to get into your home. The enemy of our souls wants to pollute the minds of the children. The enemy of our souls wants to pollute our minds, the minds of godly women. You have a TV channel changer in your home. Go through those channels and what in the world is on this screen? Night after night, show after show. Sin, killing, cursing, abomination. If you had someone come and sit in your living room and use the language that they use on some of these shows, you'd say, get up and get out of here. You're not welcome here anymore. Yet, we tolerate it. Pollution is sneaking into our homes. Vocabulary, I've heard it by women using, I was in the army, I was in the military. I didn't hear army guys curse like some women I've heard curse. What's going on? I was a construction worker. They had more respect with their mouths than some women I've heard. Pollution will wipe out godly womanhood. Pollution will wipe out godly mothers. Why fill your eyes with temptation? That's what a lot of women are doing. A lot of men too. A lot of children too. Look at something long enough and you want it. Pollution is finding its way into the lives of godly women. And they're falling by the wayside. Pollution has found its way into society. To a place where right has become wrong and wrong has become right. Isn't it true? That's right. It shouldn't be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Hannah was a woman who was faithful to her vow to God that she made that day, didn't she? She took that boy back and gave him to the Lord. We need to make our vows before God and make sure we raise godly children and have godly offspring. And not only our offspring, but the offspring of others at church. We want to raise up godly children. Godly children become godly adults. We don't want to miss that opportunity because you only get that window of opportunity for so long. I was talking to a guy yesterday. I was witnessing to him, and he was telling me about a drive he had in the car with his daughter, and he talked about the Lord, and the daughter said to him, to his shock, I don't believe like you, Dad. He could hardly believe his ears. What do you mean you don't believe like me? What are you? You're raised in our home. What's missing? We've got to make sure we instill in children godliness because if we don't have godly little girls, we're not going to have godly mothers and godly women. Godly women to raise up the next generation after them. You see, we're working with Christian heritage in families. What gives? Everybody say, what gives? Moms give. Yes. That leads us to our third and final point. Endangered species. Why are they on the endangered species list? Why have their numbers diminished any species? Because they get hunted into extinction. Hunted into extinction. The American buffalo, the American bison, roam the central plains of America in millions. 
They thought they could just kill buffalo and kill buffalo and kill buffalo. There's always going to be more until finally they had like 500 of them left. It almost went the way of the woolly mammoth because they were hunted into extinction. That's why when you get a hunting license, you have to be aware of what animals and what birds and everything are on an endangered species list. Because if you shoot one of them, you're going to get locked up. Well, we are doing the same thing to godly motherhood. And nobody's getting locked up. Not yet. What do I mean by hunting into extinction? We have an enemy of our souls. The devil. Oh, there's a real devil. Oh, pastor, it's just evil in the world. It's just sin in the world. There's not like a devil with a, a pitchfork and all that kind of stuff. Oh, not a cartoon character. But just as sure as there's a God, there's a devil. Jesus warned us about him, didn't he? Yes. Just like we know there's a heaven and there's a hell, you better believe that there is a devil and there are forces of darkness in our world and they like to hunt. And women, you're a target. You may be safe at your home, think you're safe, but you're not. The Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Give him an opportunity and he'll attack. Don't think he'll just pass you by. We have to be on guard against the enemy who's hunting us down. And if he can't get you, guess who the next target is? Your children. Your children are the next target. If he can't take you out, he'll take them out. You've got to be on guard for yourself and you've got to be on guard for them. Even the grandchildren after them. This is not going to stop until we're in glory. You better be guarding your household and watching over all of them because the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You see, he's not like a lion. He just gets filled. I'm not hungry anymore. He keeps on. How many of you know that? You can send the devil running this week, but he'll be back next week. Huh? Yeah. He doesn't quit. The devil's good at being a devil. He's good at it. We could go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. He tricked Adam and Eve. Deceived them. They are a lot smarter than us. They were perfect parents. Perfect parents. Perfect people. Made by the hands of God. And the devil still got his way with them. We have to be careful. We are not hunted into extinction. Okay, we're going to the Serengeti Plains in Africa. And the lion is looking for lamb chops. And he approaches the herd. And he sees a mother gazelle and a baby gazelle amongst the herd. What does he go looking for? He sees them. And he thinks, dinner. And what does he do? He tries to separate the calf from the mother. And get between them. And then run the calf down and in a split moment of time, life has ended. He wants to get between the mom and their children. It's what the devil's doing. He's using the same tactic. He wants to get between the mother and the children and separate them from each other. And he'll use any means he can to do it. We need to have close-knit families. We need to pull together, defend each other, 
Look out for each other and chase the devil off any time you think he's around. From anything and everything, purify your home. Guard your relationships. Make them strong. Be in church. Pray. Serve God. Love God with all of your heart. And we're still going to be around because we have the power of God and the Word of God, and the presence of God's Holy Spirit. I'll conclude with this one. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 61, verse 3, I'm going to make an exchange with you. I'm going to trade you. You want to make a trade with God? Now, this is an offer God is making. It's an offer you can't refuse. (laughs) God offers, ladies, this could be important for you, beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Yeah, you know where the ashes are coming from? The ashes are coming from burned ruins. Ruined lives, ruined marriages, ruined homes, ruins of burned out life. Now, you can sit in the ashes if you want. You can take the ashes and rub them on your face. You can take the ashes and sprinkle them over your head. Or... You can make a trade with God who offers beauty in exchange for the ashes. God can do that, and nobody else can. The most beautiful woman is a godly woman. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you and glorify you for your plan over our lives, your plan that right from the beginning involved motherhood. Oh, yes, oh God. We have all these people on the earth covering the earth because you had a plan of spreading mankind on this planet and protecting and providing for children through mothers. We praise you and glorify you, Father, that you have a plan still over our world. Father, we want to pray this morning for the moms and the women among us. Let them know just how important they are to your plan over civilization. And the most special ones of all are godly women. We pray, Father, that you'll bless each mom here, each woman here, each young girl, Bless them, Lord, through their whole life long. Separate them and protect them from extinction. Keep them close to you. And bless our homes, our church, and our society through them. This we pray now. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen and Amen.